Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, a number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. Three zero seven zero. You can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. Also, you can listen to the show at goforradio.com, Stitcher, iHeart.com, iTunes, everywhere. You can listen to this great show. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. Wanted to get his take on what's going on. In NFL free agency, his thoughts on Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his thoughts on Phillip Rivers going to the Colts, his thoughts on Cam Newton, who's still out there looking for a job as he was released. James Winston, we'll see what happens with him as well. Obviously, we're going through some interesting times here. In America, interesting times here in the world. Got the coronavirus, which is wreaking havoc on our country, on our world, everywhere. And, you know, it's definitely some tricky times here in our society, you know, social distancing and, 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 and just people quarantined. And we were just staying in the house. I mean, the only really place to go at this point is the supermarket. There's no sports on either during this time. Usually, when you have catastrophe, when you have issues, problems, and situations, sports usually get you through it. You don't have that this time. And you might not have it for a long period of time. You're definitely not going to have it for the March, uh, the month of uh, April. You're not going to have it for April. And if things can work out, in a positive manner, maybe you get it sometime in May. Maybe. But it's a done deal for a lot of things. A lot of things getting canceled left and right. You got events in June getting canceled. You got the Olympics canceled, postponed. So it, it's tricky times. and Because you just think about, in recent memory, you look at 9-11. Yeah, we were done for about a week, and then after that week, we got back on the saddle, and and, and we had some football, we had some baseball, and all those things helped people get through those particular situations. Sports was the thing that uh, people leaned on during that time. You, You even look at Katrina there in New Orleans, football. They leaned on football to help get them back, help make them feel good, 
help make them feel better, something for them to think about other than the issue that they were dealing with. You don't have that right now with the coronavirus, the pandemic that we're dealing with at this point in time. We don't have that getaway, that thing to, to get us off or get our minds, get our, uh, you know, get everything off, something, you know, just a getaway. We don't have that right now. But it's reality of the situation, and you know we got to keep praying for people in, in terms of people getting healthy. You know, people fighting this thing. That those who are infected, we got to pray that they get healthy and get right. Those who don't have, we have to pray that they don't get it. That's just the reality of the situation. And I know, you know, we'll get into some sports in a couple minutes. But I know people, you know, are, are getting on some of these spring breakers there in Florida, and, and obviously what they were doing is not smart. It's, it's kind of stupid, actually. But in reality, if, if we think about it from the point of view of you being 21, 20, 19, you had a level of invincibility. You, you felt like you could do anything. You felt like you could go any place. And you felt like at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you would be okay. You felt like you could drive very, very fast, and you would be okay. You felt like you could stay up all night and get up the next morning early, and you would be okay. You felt like you could do a lot of different things. So, and I think, honestly, if I were 21, 20, I probably would think that nothing could happen to me either. But we have young people getting infected left and right. And sadly, some of these young people could be giving it to the older generation who have a hard time fighting this thing. But I will say, before we demonize and criticize and chastise those particular children, because they're kids, you know, I know 18 years adult, you can in the Army and things of that nature, but you're still a kid. When we, before we start criticizing and chastising and demonizing these kids, we have to realize that we were kids and we had a, that particular mentality as well, that we could go through the fire and be okay, that we could run through a wall and be okay, that we could do pretty much anything and we would be okay. So, again... Not very wise, not very smart, not very prudent. But the reality of the situation is we were young once, and we all believed that we could do certain things when, in reality, we couldn't do none of it. We all thought that we could be and do and act in a particular manner and expect everything to be okay. Don't work that way don't work that way at all, unfortunately. So the reality of it is at this point, we have to, you know, find a way to get through this. And, and we will. This is a very resilient country with a lot of resilient people, with a lot of tough people, a lot of strong people that will get through this situation, get through this problem and ultimately get on the other side of this. 
And when we do get on the other side of this, we can celebrate, we can dance, and we can talk about, remember, the coronavirus, the pandemic of 2020. But 2020 has been a very interesting year, a year. I mean, we're only three months into this thing, and so many things have happened that's rocked the world, the sports world, that's rocked everything. I mean, Kobe Bryant. Who would have imagined that Kobe Bryant would be dead at the age of 41? It's amazing. It's shocking. It's disturbing. But it's also life. It's the life that we have to live, and it's the life that we have to deal with, because the reality is, at some point in time, our number will be called. There's only one guarantee. Two guarantees, death and taxes. Sometimes you can get around that tax thing. But death, it's inevitable. It's bound to happen. There is nothing you could do ever to avoid it. You might be able to prolong the inevitable, but you can't avoid it. It's unavoidable. You will die. That's the reality of the situation. And one other reality, one other inevitability is that you're going you're, you're to retire at some point. From the game of football, if you're playing football, from game from sports, unless you're Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, he's moved on from the New England Patriots all to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, it's that move was shocking, surprising. I thought there was no way that Tom Brady, that the Patriots would let Tom Brady go. I I, I thought that Tom Brady would finish and end his career in that New England Patriot uniform. I thought. Obviously, I was And Tom Brady is off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's gone from the New England Patriots to Bill Belichick. And the reality is, I, I you know, Tom Brady's 42 years old. And at some point, you're going to have to be, 42 is going to have to look. 42. I mean, it, 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 it's going to have to look 42 at some point in time. I don't I mean, And he'll be 43 by the time the season starts. He's turned 43 in August. But 42, 43, that, that's going to have to look 43 at some point. It's going to have to look 43 at some point. Thus far, for the most part, it hasn't. Tom Brady, last season, with the lack of weapons, was still able to put up decent numbers, was still able to have a decent enough season to get this Patriots team to the playoffs. And, you know, ultimately they would lose to the Titans, but Tom Brady had a good year. He had a solid season. Was it great? No. Did you see some level of slippage? From Tom Brady? Maybe, sure. But the reality is he still played or still playing at a fairly high level. Now, it's not Tom Brady that maybe we all loved and known. It's not the GOAT Tom Brady, but it's still a very good quarterback, a still quarterback that you can win football games with. You can win a lot of football games still with Tom Brady. 
And it's surprising that we're talking about Tom Brady, you know, playing with another team. That's shocking. That's surprising. And, you know, we could talk about Joe Montana, and and that's a comparison that people seem to make. You know, Joe, Joe Montana going to the Kansas City Chiefs to finish his career. We can talk about that. But the reality is, when Joe Montana left the San Francisco 49ers, Steve Young was there. So you had a a, a natural guy to go to. You had a natural passing of the torch, if you will. You had a guy waiting in the wings. With the Patriots, you don't have that. Eric Stidham? Cody Kessler? Brian Hoyer? Do any of those names do anything for you? They probably don't. I mean, we could talk about Stidham and, you know, whatever he has left. I don't know what he has left, but he might have something left. We don't know. And I'm talking about Stidham. Stidham's a young kid. He has a lot left. But the question is, is he good? What does he have? What can he bring to the table? We don't know. At this point, it's guesswork. You know, we can talk about people seeing flashes and, you know, this kid has some ability, so on and so forth, but we haven't seen it. So we don't know. We're guessing. We're guessing. So I don't know. There wasn't – we talk about Joe Montana leaving the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Somebody was there to, to, to take it over, and that was Steve Young, who ended up having a Hall of Fame career. Steve Young was there. You had Steve Young there in the mix. This, you don't have anything. You, you really don't have anything. I mean, we could call Stidham, if he's good, he's good. But at this point, we know nothing. So, I don't know. This, so, when you compare this to Joe Montana, this really ain't it. This really ain't it. And, and when Joe Montana did go to the Kansas City Chiefs, he did get them to the AFC Championship game in his first year. Got them to the AFC Championship game. I believe he had a, got concussed in that game against Buffalo. But they got blown out. They got beat down, and, you know, it really wasn't a contest. He did get a concussion in that third quarter of that game. I remember that. I remember that concussion. Um, But Joe Montana, he was solid during those two years. He he was solid. Um, He did get him to the playoffs two years in a row. Got him to the AFC Championship game the first year in 93. And then the following year in 94, got him to the playoffs again, but would lose to the Dolphins in a wild card game. So the reality of it is they had success. The move to some extent worked for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they won. 
didn't win a title, but they won. Now, if you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, one thing that Brady will have that he didn't have in New England is weapons. He will have some things to play with in Tampa. First, you got a, a, a great offensive mind and Bruce Arians, a, a guy who is is you know has done a great job coaching up quarterbacks. I mean, when he had Carson Palmer, we all thought Carson Palmer was done, but he wasn't, and he was playing in a quarterback friendly offense and had success. Jameis Winston, even though he, he, he threw 30 interceptions, he did throw 33 touchdowns. He did throw for over 5,000 yards. So he had success. He had success. So you look at a guy now with a quarterback-friendly coach, and Bruce Arians, weapons, Mike Evans, Godwin, Cameron Brait. You got weapons out there in Tampa Bay. So he's got a lot to work with. He's got a lot to work with. Something he didn't have last year in New England. And the reality of it is, over the years, you know, Brady didn't always have big-time weapons. He didn't always necessarily need big-time weapons to win Super Bowls. You know what I mean? He, he, he won with the Deion Branches and the David Givens and the Jermaine Wiggins of the world. And then when he got a, a Randy Moss, well, he broke records left and right. He broke records left and right. When he got Moss. And he had Gronk and, and, and Aaron Hernandez putting up still putting up big time numbers. But last year, you you know, you going into the year, you thought that without Gronk, who retired, it would be difficult for Tom Brady. Because Rob Gronkowski is a great tight end. Hall of Fame tight end. That was a very good tight end. And then coming into this year, we had Josh Gordon. And, you know, obviously we know what happened there. Ultimately, you found you got Antonio Brown. We all found out what happened there. So the reality of it is when, when, when Tom Brady, you know, when those guys, I, I, I remember tweeting, tweeting out when, you know, when he got Gordon and Antonio Brown and everything, I said this could work beautifully, or this could be a, the worst nightmare for the Patriots. And in reality, on some level, it turned out to be the worst nightmare because Gordon didn't work out and Antonio Brown didn't work out. So you still were stuck with limited weapons. You still were stuck with limited weapons. Now Brady now, he has weapons. He has weapons. Now that Tampa Bay, you know, the offensive line's got to be a little better. Defensively, they got to be a little better. I mean, there's no guarantee that Tom Brady takes this team to to the playoffs next season. There's no guarantee. No guarantee. 
Still got the Saints in that division. I mean, I think the Falcons are going to be a little better than they were last season. Panthers, kind of hard to say at this point. You know the Saints are going to be there. So there's no guarantee that Tom Brady is going to elevate this football team to the playoffs. Do I think there's a good chance that he does? I do. I, I, I do think there's a good chance that he takes this football team to the playoffs. I, I think there's a good chance that he does that. Because you got to remember, this football team last year, this team with all those turnovers, with, with those 30 interceptions, and we could say you could blame it on Jameis or don't blame it on Jameis, but at the end of the day, that's 30 turnovers. And that, you know, obviously Brady has shown the ability to take care of the football. I only had intercept, eight interceptions last year, so he's shown the ability to take care of the football. But this football team won seven games, and we're in, you know, other games. You know, the, they lost that giant game. Their kicker missed a very makeable field goal there in that particular contest that could have won them that game. They won a few. They lost a few other heartbreaking games. So this is a football team, even with some of the issues that they experienced last year with Jameis Winston in terms of the turnovers that could have easily, easily, may have won eight games, eight, nine, eight, nine, ten games. And we could go down the line, and I think you could say that for a lot of football teams. You know, we, you know, this game here, this game there, so on and so forth. But this is a football team that, you know, obviously could have won more games if the turnovers that your quarter – I mean, their quarterback had a lot of turnovers. It's very hard to win when your quarterback throws 30 interceptions. It's hard to win in this league. It's hard to win in this league. When, when you're perfect. So imagine adding that variable, which is the turnovers, to the equation. Well, that changes things. That makes things even harder, even more difficult, even more challenging. So it, it's hard. It's difficult. It ain't easy. So you look at the moves now. Tom Brady in the NFC South. And obviously it's going to be interesting, it's going to be fun. And obviously we're going to we're going to have the debate, the argument was it Brady or was it Belichick? And the reality of it is Bill Belichick before he got Tom Brady didn't really have a lot of success. He did you know, take the Browns to the playoffs one year. But Bill Belichick, you know, we were talking about Bill Belichick kind of as a failure. You know, a guy that, you know, we 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 would think Bill Belichick was going to be that guy after what happened in Cleveland. We didn't think he was going to be that guy. But ultimately, he struck gold with a six-rounder in Tom Brady and was able to ultimately win six Super Bowls. And, and I'm heck, one man, especially in football, in any sport, it takes more than one man to win a championship. 
So we can get to his argument, was it great, was it Belichick? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this. You need players. In order to win on any level, in any sport, you need players. You need guys that can get it done for you. You need guys that can make plays. I mean, we look at Brady. Not Brady. We look at Belichick. He was a guy, again, before Brady, he didn't have a lot of success. He didn't have a lot of success. You know, with the Browns, first year with the Browns, 6-10. Second year with the Browns, 7-9. Another 79 year with the Browns in 93. 94, he gets the Browns to the playoffs at 11-5. Then five and eleven in his final year in Cleveland, but that was the year where they were preparing to move. So that was a difficult season for anybody. That would have been a difficult season for any coach in that particular situation. But he went to New England. Started out with Drew Bledsoe. They were five and eleven in his first year. Then in two thousand and one, Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady comes in, and the rest, as they say, is history. He wins, and he wins, and he wins at a very, very high level. I mean, with the Browns, he ended up 36-44. and 44. Not awful when you consider it's the Browns. <laughs> I mean, so it's not awful when you, when you consider that fact. It's the Cleveland Browns. So we consider that, that's not that bad. But we consider before that, before again, before he had Brady, it just wasn't a lot of success. It wasn't. So, and I guess on some level, we might get somewhat of an answer of who it was. Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? We might get an answer. But I, I, the reality is we probably won't get a clear and definitive answer. Now, we'll, we'll see what the Patriots are going to do with the quarterback position, but it, at this point in time, it does seem like they're resigned with, to, to the fact of having what they have. So it could be Kessler, could it be Stidham, could be Brian Hoyer. At this point in time, that's what they have. Now, that could change. That could be different. Who knows? But as we sit here today on March 27th, the reality of it is he has those guys that I, made, that I named, that I mentioned on the roster at the quarterback position. So, should be interesting to see what that looks like. Now, there are quarterbacks out there. Andy Dalton with the Bengals, maybe you trade for him. Cam Newton is out there. Jameis Winston is out there. So there are some options. Now, people, you know, Donovan McNabb, you know, a very good quarterback, arguably a Hall of Famer, he believes 
that Jameis Winston would, would work well in New England. And he believes that that would be a good situation for him. And obviously that would be a good situation for the Patriots. And I, I, I look at that and I say, well, Jameis has ability. He doesn't stink. He isn't hot garbage. He's not. Now, has he's been a guy that over the years you have questioned whether you can trust? I, I think that's legitimate. You had the situation with the alleged uh, sexual assault in college, and, and it was alleged. It's all alleged. Didn't go to jail, didn't get prosecuted, didn't get anything. It's alleged. He had the situation, I believe, with the, the, the I believe it was an Uber driver in Arizona in that situation. Um, it's just a guy that you have questions about whether you can trust on the field and, and on some level maybe off the field. But I think the, the trust is more on the field. The distrust. I think would be more on the field, not off of it. But I guess his numbers, first five years, are similar, I believe even better than Peyton Manning. So it's not like he's garbage. It's not like he stinks. Now, I believe Peyton Manning, as a rookie, through 30 interceptions. That's Peyton Manning as a rookie. Jameis Winston, he threw 30 interceptions in his fifth year in the league. Now, we could, we could talk about Eli Manning, who's had some high interception numbers over the years, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Eli's going to the Hall. Whether you hate it, whether you love it, Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame. And he's a guy over the years that's had some high interception numbers. He has. What we saw, while it's a lot of interceptions, is not out of the ordinary. Peyton Manning as a rookie through 28 interceptions, which is expected from a rookie quarterback. You expect high interception numbers from a rookie quarterback. That, that, that's expected. That's, that's, that's expected. You don't necessarily expect it from a fifth-year player. Jameis, I mean, it, even though he had those high interception numbers, he threw 33 touchdowns. I mean, he had a 30-30 here. Obviously, it's not a year that you would want. He was a 30-30 club. So, it's not like high interception numbers. It's not like it doesn't happen. Because it's happened to guys like Eli Manning, who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, look at Eli. The seventh season, I believe, 25 picks in his I mean, that's the 10th season 
his ninth season, 10th season, 27 picks. So it's not unusual. But you say what you want about Eli Manning, and it's been some crazy years in terms of, you know, him putting up some decent numbers and then had some years where he just was a turnover machine. But Eli Manning, when it's all said and done, has two Super Bowl titles. And Eli, in some respect, was a gunslinger. He took chances. Jameis Winston is a gunslinger. He takes chances. I mean, Eli, we, we look at the Super Bowl. That pass to David Tyree that ultimately beat the Patriots, you know, obviously he was under duress and he was able to get out of it, but he just pretty much threw that ball up and asked his receiver, David Tyree, to make a play. I mean, you look at that, and, and so Eli was a gunslinger. Eli took chances, but Eli, when it was all said and done, found a way to win the Super Bowl, two to be exact. And obviously, one player doesn't win a Super Bowl. Eli needed some help in that first Super Bowl from that defensive line that got after Tom Brady. Put Tom, you know, made Tom Brady uncomfortable. Both times that they played Tom Brady, they made him uncomfortable, that Giants defensive line. So, again, we, 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 we can write Jameis Winston off. I'm not prepared to do that. Now, will I tell you that I don't necessarily trust him at this point? I have some questions about that, sure. And, and I think it would be legitimate for anybody to have questions when it comes to Jameis Winston. I, I think that's only natural based on what we've seen over the past, over the years. Now, I, I will say this. I will say this. It, you know, even at Florida State, he, you know, he was a little loose with the ball at times. Even at Florida State, he was loose with the ball. But he's a guy, interception-wise, the numbers aren't awful. I mean, last season, 2018, he had 14 picks, but that was only in 11 games. Um, We look at his rookie year, he only had 15 picks. That was in 16 games. His second season, he had 18 picks, also in 16 games. Um, 2017, he had 11 picks in 13 games. In 2018, again, and we talked about that 14 picks, and then last year, obviously, it jumped up to 30 interceptions. Now, I know, I know there was a piece out there where it showed that I think 18 of the interceptions, 18 of the 30, I believe, were his fault. That, that's still, 18 picks is still a high number. You don't want your quarterback throwing 18 interceptions. That's not a recipe for success. That's not a recipe for winning football. It's not. Definitely not. No matter how you slice it, it's not. But I, I think you could still win with Jameis Winston. I, I think you, you got to put him in the right situation. And, and I think 
that Patriot situation, while the weapons are not there, we can argue, we can talk about, hey, if, if we're going to call Josh McDaniels a, a, you know, a great offensive mind, a quarterback guru and things of that nature, well, he's got to show and he's got to do it without Tom Brady. It, it, it's very easy to be a quarterback guru. It's very easy to be a great quarterback and offensive mind when Tom Brady is under center. It's a little more difficult with Jared Stidham or, or, or Brian Hoyer. Now you can argue, well, they won 11 football games with Matt Castle. That they did. But they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. So, and, and we can talk about, you know, just going back to Tom Brady for a moment. Um, we can talk about him. And, you know, I remember, was it two years ago, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Lane Johnson was talking about, hey, Patriots don't have fun. You know, it's difficult being there. They don't have fun. And, you know, I was reading this article, I believe it was Seth Wickersham from ESPN.com, talking about Tom Brady. And, you know, he wasn't having the fun that he once was having in the game of football playing with under Bill Belichick. Greatness is not always fun. When, when you want to be great, you're trying to be great, it's not always fun. It, it, it comes with some highs and lows, and it comes with a level of pressure that, you know, some understand and some don't. It comes with a level of pressure that some could deal with and some can't. So greatness has a cost. Greatness has a price. Greatness, it, it doesn't come free. doesn't. It, it comes with a lot of things. It really does. So, it, when you win the way Tom Brady has won, there has got to be a mental toll that you go through. It does. But obviously, it just comes with the territory. Obviously, you would rather have that than the alternative. So, we look at Tom Brady and Belichick, and the reality of it is, I think both of them wanted something new. And, and I think on some level, kind of with Shaq and Kobe. Shaq, and when, when, when Shaq and Kobe were together, the thought process was, this was Shaq's team. You know, Kobe couldn't do this. Kobe couldn't win titles. Kobe couldn't win championships without Shaquille O'Neal. That was the thought process out there. That was the that was the prevailing thought that was out there. And so, ultimately, the Los Angeles Lakers decided to trade Shaquille O'Neal to the Miami Heat. And in trading Shaquille O'Neal to the Miami Heat, um, ultimately, you turned the franchise over to Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant, it was his team. And it was his chance, his opportunity to prove that he could win without Shaquille O'Neal. Those were Shaq's teams. Shaq won finals MVP in all those seasons. Those three titles that they won together, Shaq was the finals MVP. 
And at the time, Shaq was unstoppable. Shaq was unstoppable. Shaq was unguardable. Shaq was ridiculous during that time. He was ridiculous. He put up some ridiculous numbers. And so we could have, at the time, the thought was, those were Shaq's teams. Kobe couldn't have the success without Shaq. Championship success without Shaq. But then, like I said, they traded Shaq ultimately. You know, there were some struggles there. But ultimately, they were able to get Pal Gasol. And they got Lamar Odom in that trade for Shaq. And then they were able to reload, retool, rebuild, and ultimately get back to the NBA Finals three years in a row and ultimately win two of those titles with Kobe Bryant. He was able to prove that he could win a title without Shaq. And I think both of these guys on some level, and here's the thing, in order to be great, you got to have an ego. You got to have an ego. And those guys have egos. Belichick has an ego. Tom Brady has an ego. Both of these guys got egos. And, and I think both of these guys want to prove that they can win without each other. I, want both, I think both of these guys want to say, you know what? I don't need you to win. I can do this without you. Both of those guys want to prove that. Both of those guys want to show that. Both of those guys want to do that. And it was kind of the same with Kobe. I wanted to prove without you, Shaq, that I can win titles and I can be successful. And both of these guys now have this opportunity. Brady has an opportunity with the Buccaneers. Belichick has the opportunity obviously with the Patriots. Both of these guys have their chance, their moment, their shining moment, maybe, to prove I can get it done without you. I don't need you. I don't need you. And so that's going to be interesting. And that's going to be compelling to determine What's going to happen? I'm interested, man. I want to know. I can't wait to see who's going to be the guy. Who's going to be that dude, that man, that individual. Who's going to look good in this situation? It could be a situation where, hey, both of these guys need each other. And it's going to be difficult for Tom Brady, maybe more difficult for Brady than Belichick because of his age. Heck, you can coach for a long, long time. You can coach forever. You know, you can coach for a long time. You can only play for a short period of time. Bill Belichick's 67 years old. So you can keep coaching for the next few years. He can coach for a long time. He really can So, we'll see, you know, how this turns out. But he can coach for a long time. Tom Brady cannot. Tom Brady can't play forever. He's going to be 43 years old. 
you know, at, at some point, at some time, 43 will have to be 43. 43 is going to have to look like 43. It's just reality. And then obviously 43 turns to 44. 44 has to look like 44. Your body can only do so much. Father time wins all the time. Undefeated. Father time is undefeated. It has never lost. And in reality, it will never lose. It always wins. So, Brady, I don't know how long he can go. I don't know how long he can do it. But I do know this. He's definitely going to try. He's definitely going to see if he can keep this going. And I, I'm not going to doubt him. One thing I try not to do is doubt greatness. I try not to doubt greatness. And Tom Brady is great. Bill Belichick is great. Both of them together were great. But we'll see. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they say behind every great man is a, is a, is a great woman. Well, sometimes, you know, even, you know, sometimes people are great together and bad apart. They're just not good enough apart. They need each other to survive. They need each other to to flourish. They need each other to thrive. Sometimes people are together. They thrive. They grow. They prosper. They flourish. The moment they're apart, they struggle. They flounder. They don't have the success that they once had. Sometimes. I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I do believe Brady will have success. How much success? I don't know. But I do believe Brady will have success. Will it be Joe Montana type of success where you you, you lead a team to AFC championship game or NFC championship game in this case? Is it that? Or is it the type of success where, hey, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl? Tom Brady gets another chip. Will it be that type of success? I don't know. I don't know. But I know one thing. I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it. So we'll stop there. Um, you know, we, 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 we covered a lot. We're running out of time here, but we covered a lot. Um, Cam Newton, let me get to Cam Newton before we get out of here. Cam Newton is a free agent. Cam Newton's only 30 years old. Cam Newton is, is, is motivated. Cam Newton now has health. Last year, 
you know, he came in with the shoulder, coming off shoulder surgery, and he has a foot situation. So he had the foot and the shoulder. Cam Newton now is, is reportedly healthy. So Cam Newton, 30 years old, healthy, motivated. That's a guy that can help a football team win. I think if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, you do what you got to do to get Cam Newton in the fold. Because you look at the Chargers, they're in Los Angeles. Nobody cares about them. They have no fan base. So the reality of it is there's no fan base out there in Los Angeles. That franchise has no business being in Los Angeles. But there's no there's no fan base. I mean, you, you look at teams when they go there. I remember the Eagles a couple years ago when they went there. It was pretty much an Eagles home game. I think if you're the Chargers, if you want to get that fan base excited on some level, Cam Newton is Hollywood. From the way he dressed, the way he dresses, his personality, he's Hollywood. Even the way he plays, he's Hollywood. So Cam Newton, to me, would be the perfect guy for that particular situation. He's a guy who is Hollywood. He is built for Los Angeles. And he is the type of guy that the Chargers need to create a buzz. There is no buzz with Los Angeles. You can't go into the season with Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is solid. Tyrod Taylor doesn't stink. He's not hot garbage. But the reality of it is, he's an average quarterback. He's an average guy. He did get the Bills to the playoffs with a little bit of help from the Cincinnati Bengals. What he got in there? He's an average guy. Kind of a dime a dozen. Cam Newton, on the other hand, he's a guy that that is special. He has special abilities. He's a special player. He can make special plays. He is that guy. So the reality of it is, if you're the Chargers, you need special. You need something to to get that market excited about you and what you're doing. You need a market. You need that market excited about you. Tyrod Taylor is not going to make that market excited. It's not. He's not. So I think Cam Newton to the Chargers makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I'm not saying it happens, but it makes so much sense. Too much sense. I mean, give him an opportunity to to kind of jumpstart his career, you know, give him an opportunity to prove some things, but gives them an opportunity to, to have a buzz. We had Phillip Rivers there last season, and, you know, he wasn't great. He wasn't great. And he's off to the Colts, and I, I don't – I'm not in love with Phillip Rivers at this stage of his career. I'm not. I could be wrong. If it was a situation where he just didn't have enough around him, you know, his offensive line wasn't that great. Will be better with the Colts, but I, I, I I'm not in love with Philip Rivers. 
at this stage of his career. I'm not. So I, I think the Colts, I, I don't know if that's going to do much for you. I, I really don't. But we'll see. It, it could be a situation again. Hey, maybe he needed that that change of scenery to prove uh, and to kind of jumpstart his career, reinvigorate him, let him prove that he could still play, prove that he could still get it done. Maybe he needed that. I don't know. But I, I know one thing. Last year, Philip was not very good. 20 interceptions last year, 23 touchdowns. Did have 4,600 yards passing, so he, he, he did put up some big numbers in terms of yardage, but too many turnovers. And, and maybe it's a situation, again, better offensive line, better team around him, better weapons, better everything. Maybe that will change things. Maybe that will, 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 will give him an opportunity and, and show that he still got it, can get it done at a fairly high level. Maybe that what will happen. I'm not so sure. I have my doubts. But again, I will say this. The Los Angeles Chargers need to find a way to get Cam Newton. He's 30 years old. He's box office. He's Hollywood. You need a jolt. You need something. And you need something to get people excited to come to that market. To, 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 for the fans to, to come to a game. You got that new stadium. You, you, you got new logo. You need a new, very good quarterback. Now, let's you side. You know what? We're going to go after our quarterback um, in the draft and see what we can get there. See what we can find, what, what we can find in the draft. You know, do Tyrod as a stopgap. Whoever we draft, get them ready, get them ready to go, prepare them, and take it from there. We'll see. They draft six. So maybe it's a situation where a guy like Tua, you know, with his hip situation, maybe he drops to the Los Angeles Chargers. Maybe Herbert, Morgan, maybe you can get him. Maybe he drops. But you look at it, unless, you know, teams move up, we look at the Bengals. They're stuck. They're going to take Burrows, Joe Burrow, from uh, LSU Heisman Trophy winner. So you look at that. The Redskins, they have Haskins, but there's talk they might be interested in Tua. The Lions, they have Stafford, but they might want a quarterback for the future. Giants have Daniel Jones. They're fine there. The Dolphins, they need a quarterback. So we'll see what they do in that visit, uh, at five. But they need a quarterback. And Miami is another location for Cam Newton. Uh, another spot that would be interesting. New England, hey, New England and Cam Newton. Hey, that wouldn't be bad either. But somebody in this league is quarterback deficient. Somebody, anybody, 
but somebody could use a, a, a quarterback of the caliber of Cam Newton, of the caliber of Jameis Winston. There's teams that could use what those guys have to offer. They can use it. Not saying that's going to happen. It could be a situation where both Cam and Jameis have to back up quarterbacks next season and then reboot, restart, and do it again the following year where they have an opportunity the following year. So it, it, it could be that. I don't know. But I, I think, again, the Chargers and Cam Newton are perfect together. Make it happen. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blog, talk, radio, slash, pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for can Like us on Facebook at go for radio and support all the great things going on with the go for podcast. Um, we were expected to have Willie Rowe, uh, something, maybe got our signals mixed or something, but we'll try to get him back at a later time. For everybody here, go for it. First and foremost, we hope that you stay safe, take care of yourself, social distancing, stay in the house, do what you got to do to stay safe, do what you got to do to keep your family safe, and when this whole thing is over, let's celebrate, let's have a good time. And let's just live our lives. For everybody here, go for it. We hope that you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care.